The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. Story of a guy, I saw this years ago, a guy who was fairly wealthy. His daughter got engaged. He thought he was going to make an incredible wedding. Well, for whatever reason, he was going to blow it out, his first daughter. Gives his family a blank check, and they go to town, and they make a wedding like you've never seen. As the wedding continues to build, expenses pick up. He's like, listen, I have the money. The day of the wedding, he gets a phone call from his business partner. One of their biggest investments just went south. What they thought was going to happen didn't happen. The permits didn't come through, whatever it is. The investment was upside down. And now all the money he thought he had for the wedding was wiped out. He had some money, but not enough. Guy walks into the wedding, broken, gorgeous, but how is he going to pay for it? Day of the wedding, the caterer goes, time to true up. He goes, yeah, yeah, I'll call you back tomorrow. The next day, the next day, three, four, five days later, what's going on? At some point, you can't avoid the guy for too long. He calls the caterer and goes, I'm going to come and I'll, I'll pay the bill. That's great. They sit down. They start talking. And as they start talking about the bill, he breaks down. He says, listen, I'll tell you honestly, I didn't do this on purpose. You know me. I don't know if you know of me. I had a lot of money. And I got a call. And I'm wiped out. And the caterer is like totally blown out. Like he just, that was the last thing that he was expecting to hear. And he didn't know what to do with himself. And he's sitting around. He's sitting around. And he's like trying to compose himself. And he's trying to figure what to do. Now, in the mind of the caterer, he's thinking like, this guy's going to walk out. He's not going to pay me. I got to create some relationship, some connection to him. I need to find out more about him. Who is this guy? Where is he from? Is he trustworthy? So the caterer starts asking questions. And saying, okay, you know, where are you from? Tells him from this neighbor and that neighbor. He goes, you were born there? He goes, no, actually, I was born there, but I'm not from there. My family is from this town in Europe. And the caterer goes, really? You're there from this town in Europe? He goes, really? Yeah. When did your father come over from the war? Oh, my father came from here, settled here, started here. And the caterer's like listening to this and going, oh my gosh. And he goes, okay. He goes, really? He goes, aha, uh-huh. interesting. So the caterer stops for a second. And as he's hearing more about this guy's father and where he's from, you can see that the caterer is getting more and more emotional. And after a while, the caterer just stops and looks at him and goes, I got to tell you something. He goes, what? He goes, I just can't believe I'm sitting here. And he goes, I know, I'm so sorry. He goes, no, 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 no. I can't believe I'm sitting here. He goes, no, I'm so-. He goes, listen to me. He said, the town your dad's from? I'm from that town. Because when I came to America, I didn't have a dollar in my pocket. I found some place to live. I found some shtibol to daven at. And I knew nobody and I had nothing. I knew that I could cook. I knew that I didn't from Europe. I was helping my mom. I knew I could cook, but I couldn't even, I don't have enough money to start something. I couldn't even get enough money to open up a store. Nothing. Zero. Nobody knew me. I had nothing. And I'm sitting in school. Guys are talking to me and they're like, where are you from? What's your name? And I told them my name. I told them where I'm from. And a bunch of guys said, that guy there, your dad, that guy there, he's from the same town. So I went to him at a kid. I said, hello, I'm from this town. He goes, really, where you're from? Which streets? Who? Wow, he sort of knew my family. He goes, what are you doing? He goes, listen, I said, listen, I don't have any money. I, I think I could cook, but I can't get a loan. I can't get started. I don't have any money. He follows listening to me. He goes, okay, okay, listening, listening. And then after a while, he goes to me, listen, come back Thursday night. Meet me in the shul Thursday night. He goes, okay. Thursday night, I come to the shul. There's nobody there except for your dad. I'm sitting at one of the tables. And he hands over an envelope. And in the envelope, there's money. Enough money to start something. And I said, what is this? He said, listen, you're, you're a young guy. You're from the town that I grew up in. And I went to the, not everyone has money here, but I went to a bunch of the chevron shul, and I raised a few dollars for you, and here, start your, start your life. And he goes, well, I'm not taking a gift. Because I'm not giving you a gift. I'm giving you a loan. Giving us in day, good luck. I goes, my gosh, I can't ever repay you. Took the money, I bought a tiny little store, and I started cooking. And I was pretty good. And I made a couple dollars. I made a decent living. Because after a few months, I had enough money to pay your father back. I see him in shul. I have to meet with him. I go over to the house, and I hand back an envelope. And your father goes, what's this? 
said, it's the, it's the money. Because the money that we gave you, because it was a loan. Because, yeah, but it wasn't my loan. It was 10 other people. He goes, I can't go back and give out the loan. He goes, keep it. I go, no way. I'm not keeping it. Because I'm not taking it. He goes, but I'm not keeping it. He goes, but I'm not taking it. Because what are we going to do? So your father says, listen, someone else will need it. There'll be a time where someone will need it, and you'll be in a position where you can help. When you're in the position where you can help, then you'll pay me back. And this guy's sitting there in front of this guy's own son. He looks at me and goes, I've been waiting my whole life to pay him back. And now I can. And the caterer takes the bill and rips it in half. And he says, paid in full. One of the great mistakes we make of Rosh Hashanah is that we look at it from our perspective. Yeah. If you think Hashem is a really tough judge, you think the Kurdish Baruch is out to get you, you think the Kurdish Baruch is a king that all he's trying to do is extract every nuance out of each person, you think the Kurdish Baruch is this big bad judge that's never happy with us? Yeah. You walk into Rosh Hashanah, you know what you're thinking? I'm dead. What am I going to do? I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. If the way we see the Kurdish Baruch Hu is this big bad judge that's constantly judging us and never happy with us, and it's always not enough, then yeah. You come to Rosh Hashanah and you know you're not enough. You sit all day and, you sit all day and say sorry. But stop for a second and put yourself into the mind of that guy who's sitting at that table. Who's thinking, the caterer is probably going to kill me. And then something switches in his brain. If you can, be in the story for one second and picture what was going on in the mind of that Balabas as it was becoming clearer to him that his own father put the caterer in business. That feeling of, this guy's going to take care of me. That feeling of the person in front of me isn't going to take me to court. He's going to be filled with rachamim for me. He owes my dad. That simcha, that bitachon that he had, that the caterer was going to do good by him. Think about that second of what it must have been like when the caterer transformed from the guy who was going to extract punishment to the guy who was going to deliver mercy. That's Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is the moment where the Jew looks up to God and says, I owe you a lot. You gave me a life. You gave me breath. You put me part of your nation. And the truth is, I spent most of my life taking care of myself. And you stand before God and you walk into Rosh Hashanah. And even if you get it by the tefillahs, and on that first night, you sit down and you're like, what are we doing? Like, why are we having a meal for? Like, why are we happy for? What's happening over here? We're making you ratzons about how good the year is going to be. We didn't even do anything yet. Because Chazal want us to realize but the person you're looking at isn't the big bad judge hoping for punishment. The person that you're looking at, the thing, the God you're looking at, is a God who is Malay Rachamin. He doesn't owe your dad. He is your dad. All he wants to do is give you a good year. All he wants to do is give you bracha and shef. All he wants to do is for you to be great. And when you turn to the Kurdish Baruch on Rosh Hashanah, and you look up and you say, I believe with every fiber of my being, that you love me and you'll take care of me. You know me. I'm going to try to get better. I'm going to try to live for you more. But I know that there's no one else in the world I'd rather be standing in judgment for than you. You're not a judge. You're my grandfather. You're my dad. And all you want to do is take care of me. When a person has that much amunah and bitachon on Hashem, it is that amunah and it is that bitachon that moves the Kodesh Baruch Hu from being a person of din to being a person of rachamim. That's the secret of the shofar. 
which is what Avraham used. Avraham went out and had that level of bitachon, which is why he was able to even do what he did. And that's the secret of the shofar that moves the Kurdish Baruch Hu, the Midas Hadin to Midas Arachim. The essence of Rosh Hashanah is the ability to stand before the Kurdish Baruch Hu and eat and drink and say, Hashem, I am doing this because it makes no sense for me to be doing this. But you are not a judge. You are my dad. And I'm relying on you. I'm relying on you to give me a good year, not because I deserve it, because of your Rachamim. That's the test of Rosh Hashanah. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.